It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 1st, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll put the 2019 Orlando Magic team kind of in the pantheon of Magic history. How will we remember them? Where do they rank among the great Magic teams or even the mediocre Magic teams? And what is their ultimate legacy? It's really a legacy that hasn't been built yet, and I'll explain why coming up on today's show. We'll also talk about some of the movings going on with the Orlando Magic of late as they did make some signings official uh, and add a few more players to their training camp roster. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast for every team in the NBA with covering their teams with the same level of care and detail. Plus, you can check out Locked On NBA. Uh, earlier this week, Trevor Booker, former NBA player and kind of a correspondent for Locked On NBA, joined the podcast to discuss... Uh, Join the podcast to discuss uh, the crazy NBA offseason and how this league moves forward. Definitely check out that podcast uh, for a little bit more. And also check out Locked on NFL with its new host, um, who is a former NFL scout and will provide great insight as the NFL season gets into high gear. Whether you're looking for the NBA, NFL, MLB, or colleges, the Locked on Podcast Network has the podcast for you. Again, local experts who know their teams covering their teams on a daily basis. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device or wherever you download podcasts. Um, you can find them all today. The Lockdown Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Lockdown Hornets Podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. 
Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow alternate routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Before we dive into the, the kind of weighty history stuff, um, there are some mechanical things we do have to clear up and, and some, some acquisitions that we do have to talk about. The Orlando Magic made uh, the Emil Jefferson signing official. He's officially back on a two-way contract, a deal that I think when, when it first broke, I, I kind of made clear I, I was very confused by. Um, throughout the, our Summer League episodes, throughout the entire Summer League um, I discussed a, a little bit about why I thought, uh, A, Emil Jefferson has kind of graduated past the two-way contract and, 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 in my opinion, is deserving of a look at an NBA roster and a real chance at NBA minutes, but that was not something that would come from the Orlando Magic. Uh, and so I think we were all a bit surprised that Orlando did give him a two-way contract. Now, that certainly means that the uh, Lakeland Magic will have one of the best players in the entire league at their disposal, which is nice. No one's going to complain about that. But I do think that it is a, an unused resource. Again, a resource that a lot of people don't know how to use. Especially when a lot of people thought that one of the two-way contracts would go to Daquan Jeffries. Now, there's still a lot of move, movement to go with the, with the Magic's training camp roster. You can carry up to 20 players. The Magic still do have two open roster spots. But Orlando officially added two players on, exib- on what are believed to be Exhibit 10 contracts to their roster. And yes, one of them is indeed Daquan Jeffries. Daquan Jeffries had was probably the most impressive player, at least the one that, that we didn't know much about, uh, in Summer League. For the Magic in Summer League, he averaged 13.2 points per game, shot 42% from the floor, displayed a little bit of his athleticism, a little bit of his defensive ability, uh, and a little bit of his three-point shooting ability, which is continuing to improve. He was, again, outside of Emile Jefferson and outside of Mo Bamba, the most impressive player on the Magic's Summer League team, and certainly a guy that I think a lot of a lot of us pegged immediately, and I certainly did as well, as someone that the Magic had to bring into camp. I thought he would have been a perfect candidate for a two-way contract, someone that you could kind of keep under control, bring into the NBA roster when needed, um, but it, it, by some reporting, that's not what he was interested in doing. He is interested in trying to fight his way onto the roster, and onto not just the Magic's roster, but really any roster. Declining a two-way contract for him, or really for any player, is a risk, but gives them flexibility. Signing what is believed to be and what is reported to be an Exhibit 10 contract, Jeffries will be on the Magic's training camp roster. Orlando still has two open roster spots with one presumably going to unsigned rookie Chuma Okiki. And again, Okiki remains unsigned. So Jeffries does, I supposedly, I guess, have the opportunity to make the Magic's roster proper. And honestly, he is good enough to do it. If he has another strong showing, if he plays really well, the Magic do need another wing, I think, to, to help kind of round out this roster. Jeffries could really be that guy. But the risk is, of course, with the Exhibit 10 contract, he's essentially optioned to the G League, to the Magic's G League affiliate with Lakeland. And, you know, if you don't make the roster, which most Exhibit 10 guys do, most Exhibit 10 guys, since the since Exhibit 10 contracts come around, most of those guys don't even make 
don't even play any of the preseason games. It's just not been the way that Steve Clifford or Frank Vogel have approached their uh, their their deep roster guys. But essentially, this Exhibit Ten gives those players a little bit of extra money, sends them to the G League, and once you're in the G League, you are open to be taken by any player the or any team. The only players that are not that are restricted to an individual team are the two-way contract players. Emil Jefferson can't go play for the Bulls. He is on the Magic. He is a Magic two-way player. He's under contract with the Magic, the Orlando Magic. So Daquan Jeffries can show out in the G League and, and maybe get an NBA contract somewhere else and pocket the money that the Magic that the Magic are giving him as part of his Exhibit Ten contract. It's it's a risky move. It's a bet on himself for sure because I think there's more there's certainly more guaranteed money if you sign a two way contract. But that's the path he's chosen to go, and and I, it'll be interesting to see how Jeffries fits into this team. The other Exhibit Ten guy that the Magic signed was Vic Law, a guy who is close to my heart as a Northwestern alum. Vic Law, I thought, played really well for the Magic summer league team. He played three games for the Magic summer league team. Didn't shoot the ball particularly well. His stats, I thought were a little bit better than, than how he actually shot. He struggled with his three-point shot in Summer League, which I think is going to be a big part. And and if you watched him at Northwestern at all, he could get hot and he could score a lot of points very, very quickly. He's a player that I think is still getting fully healthy. He had a lot of injury issues at Northwestern, but when he was healthy, he was a good defender, a streaky shooter who was miscast as the team's number one offensive option for a lot of the time. And I think he's a player that can fit in the NBA. I, I think his, I think he's got a lot of the skills that that you need. He's just got to prove that he's healthy and kind of get to the end, get his shot consistent. So the Magic are investing in him. I don't expect him to compete for the for one of the final roster spots. I think that he is destined to play for the Lakeland Magic for most of the year. Orlando also supposedly, although this is not official yet, um, will sign Isaac Humphreys, who is a center, formerly out of Kentucky, originally from Australia. Um, an interesting player. He played summer league with the with the LA Clippers, I believe, this year. Um, so you know, had modest statistics there. You know, not not a huge earth shattering signing at all. I would note that yes, that the Magic can carry up to twenty players for training camp, and I th- I honestly think that these roster players are going to be pretty important. A lot of these Exhibit Ten guys are brought in for camp because the Magic do have interest in them to play in Lakeland and, and to kind of help the roster. And it's really that helping the roster part that's big. Uh, there is sort of an underworld, not an underworld, that, that makes it sound dark, but there is a little bit of a secondary market going on with a lot of NBA teams that I don't think a lot of people talk about. A lot of NBA players will come back to the t- cities that they're playing in around Labor Day. And that's when they'll start working out together a lot more and kind of more informally getting together and preparing for the season. And what a lot of NBA teams do is they sign these training camp roster guys to kind of supplement the players on the team so that they have enough to get these runs in, to get these workouts in, and to kind of start the process of training camp early or as much as they can under, under NBA rules. It, do, it happens all around the league. It, it's, it's, nothing, it's nothing new. They're trying to get more formal games going. And so... I think, especially for the Magic this year, that's going to be important because Orlando does have four players playing at the FIBA World Cup. And, you know, although I expect Nikola Vucevic and Kem Birch, uh, not Kem Birch necessarily, but although I expect Nikola Vucevic and Al Farouk Aminu to be done relatively quickly uh, in the FIBA World Cup, I don't expect them to last particularly long. 
Ken Birch's Canada team could be in there for a little while. And Evan Fournier's France team, I, I'm expecting to medal. I, I think France has a France is certainly in the group that thinks they can win a gold medal, and we'll, we'll talk about them uh, coming up on a future episode here. Um, but having players in camp that you could count on and rely on uh, to supplement the roster is is kind of a big deal for that for that case because they're going to be kind of spelling a lot of guys that are going to need a little bit more rest and a little bit more management because they'll be playing such high-level games entering camp. So I think it's good the Magic are getting this done. I think the Magic have gotten some high-level players. Obviously, Emil Jefferson's a very, very high-level player for the G League. Uh, Daquan Jeffries is a guy that we all really like. Um, and so I think that it's good that the Magic are getting these guys in. And, and of course, we'll see where they go next. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. At the end of each season, I I do like to sit back, and and I do give it some time, obviously, and think about where the the last season ranks in Magic history. I I grew up on the Magic. I've I've watched a lot of these teams. I remember a lot of these teams, and, and I am interested in and kind of history and, and how we view these teams and how we view each season over and over and over again. The last six years, of course, were the longest stretch the Magic had been outside of the playoffs. The longest, the worst stretch in Magic history by far. And it, this 2019 team was perhaps the most surprising result that the Magic have had. Second most surprising, at least. Or at least for a team just getting into the playoffs. In fact, it is that team, the, the 1999-2000 Heart and Hustle team, that has drawn the most comparisons to this one. When I ask people how they will remember the 2019 Orlando Magic, the most common answer was Heart and Hustle 2.0. And there's certainly a lot of similarities in that Heart and Hustle were a team of, of cast-offs, uh, expiring contracts, simply designed to get through the season, give the Magic maximum cap room, and if they could get a high draft pick, that would be swell too. Of course, that team did more than any of that. A team that was projected to win somewhere in the 20s ended up going 41-41, and 41, missing the playoffs in the penultimate game of the season to the Milwaukee Bucks, and really endearing themselves with their just pure effort. They weren't the best team at all. In fact, we probably remember them being better than they actually were. It's not just about making the playoffs or not. But they left an imprint on this fan base to the point that we still talk glowingly of them. In fact, I would, I would honestly say no team that missed the playoffs in Magic history is still talked about in the way that this team is. Not even Shaq's rookie year when Orlando also went 41-41 and 41 and missed the playoffs on literally the third tiebreaker. That is to say, it's pretty good company if you're compared to that team at all. I would tell you the 2019 Orlando Magic were better than the 2000 Heart and Hustle team. And it's not just merely about making the playoffs or not, although that that certainly helps. This team was better offensively, was probably better 
top to bottom as far as players. And so I don't think the 2019 Magic will unseat the Heart and Hustle team as far as teams that are looked back glowingly um, and overperform their talent. But I would say this too. I would say that this 2019 Magic are really, really unique. And that is redundant. This 2019 Magic team is unique. The Orlando Magic have never really had a team like this one. Or at least that's how it feels today. The way we ultimately judge the 2019 Orlando Magic is not going to be about this individual season. I would honestly argue that that this is, if not the worst Magic team that has made the playoffs, probably the second worst Magic team that made the playoffs. Um, It's, it's, you know, I, I honestly would only put the 2007 Magic, the, the team that snuck in as the eighth seed and Dwight Howard's first playoff appearance as really one of the more comparable teams. And honestly, even that team, I think, would, would be a really good matchup for this Magic team with Dwight and, and, Jimmy, and a young Jameer Nelson and Grant Hill. Where we're talking about the bottom, I mean, the 2019 Magic are at the bottom of the list as far as teams that made the, made the playoffs in Magic history. And I would argue that this Magic team, the 2019 team, was probably about the middle, the median, a little bit maybe under the median. And as far as ranking, a ranking of the top 30 team, the top teams in Magic history, there's been 30 of them, obviously. But what makes this team unique is that its future is uncertain. Magic history can be rightfully carved up into five different eras. There are six different eras, technically, but you've got the expansion years when the team really didn't have an identity and was still trying to figure itself out. You've got the Shaq years. Got the Penny year after the Penny years after that. Tracy McGrady comes after him. Dwight Howard comes after him, and then obviously this rebuild with Nikola Vucevic as sort of the endearing member of that team, of that group. I think that this is an important way to view Magic history. The Orlando Magic have only made the playoffs in one year. So like one consecutive year. They've only... I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this. The Magic have always gone through stretches of making the playoffs. A a clear uh, ascent and descent out of the playoffs. And then maybe a a short fallow period and then back into the playoffs on an ascent and descent. Again, this is a short 30-year history, so it's not a long time. There's only been one instance where the Magic went, miss the playoffs, make the playoffs, miss the playoffs. Without that clear direction forward. And that was actually the lockout year. Orlando missed the playoffs in 1998 under Chuck Daly. Penny Hardaway had his injuries that year. They made the playoffs in 1999, and then they decided to tear it all down and miss the playoffs, obviously, in 2000 with the Heart and Hustle team. That's the only time in Magic history 
that they did not begin a sustained stretch of postseason play. And obviously, those stretches were defined by Hall of Fame-level players. Shaquille O'Neal, who is in the Hall of Fame. Anthony Hardaway, who was an All-NBA player for much of his career in Orlando. Tracy McGrady, who is in the Hall of Fame. And Dwight Howard, who will be in the Hall of Fame. I've taken some heat, and I discussed it on this podcast a, a few weeks a, a few weeks ago, but I took some heat by saying that Nikola Vucevic is one of the 10 best players in Magic history, and I think that is unquestioned at this point. But Nikola Vucevic is not those guys. He is not on the Mount Rushmore of Magic players. Very good player in Magic history, an important player in Magic history, but not among the very, very best. And I think even though Orlando has resigned Nikola Vucevic to a four-year deal, it's not one that everyone's very comfortable with. It wasn't a sure thing, and he's got to, again, prove himself worthy and prove his value again and again and again. He is not a surefire All-Star. He is not a surefire Hall of Famer. He's probably not even in the Hall of Fame discussion. I, I would venture, I'd be afraid to look at what his ultimate... Uh, what his ultimate uh, Hall of Fame probability is on basketball reference. He's not going to the Hall of Fame like those other guys. And so the magic coming out of 2019, there is the real possibility, maybe it's true, maybe it's not, that this is sort of a blip on the radar. That this is a team that, again, will fight to make the playoffs. And I think we can all agree no matter even our most optimistic side, that it's going to be a fight for the Magic to make the playoffs. There is no sure thing the Magic make the playoffs again in 2020. And this is really the first time in Magic history that it doesn't feel like the team is on this surefire upward ascent in their first playoff appearance as a group. This is really the first time in Magic history that they've had a team like this that doesn't have a clear superstar as they begin to make their waves. Now, maybe they do have that player. Maybe it is Markel Fultz. Maybe it is Jonathan Isaac. Maybe it is Aaron Gordon. Maybe it is Nikola Vucevic. I don't think we can keep him out of that mix. But it's not clear. That 2017 I mentioned, when Orlando made the playoffs that year, returning to the playoffs after a a a three-year absence, I believe, Dwight Howard was the number one overall pick. And it was very, very clear that he was about ready to make that leap. They had Grant Hill. They had Hito Turkoglu beginning to figure figure out himself in in Orlando. And it felt like baking the eighth seed, even getting swept by Detroit, that was a huge victory. And Orlando was a team on the rise. There was no question, especially after the Magic went out and signed Richard Lewis that summer, there was no question... Well, maybe there was some question because I, I think a lot of people were really down on the Magic uh, entering the 2008 season. So maybe I'm, maybe history has kind of changed things a little bit. But And maybe that's my point here, which it kind of is. Um, it didn't feel like there was a question that the Magic weren't a team on the rise. I never felt like Orlando was going to miss the playoffs in 2008. I think, I, I think, it, I think it was controversial at the time, though, if, if I'm remembering correctly. And maybe that's the point here. But again, Dwight Howard, a former number one overall pick, 
the clear star of that 2017 that finally made that that burst through and made the playoffs. It felt like there was this upward trajectory that was inevitable. But then again, maybe I'm remembering history wrong there as I've, as I've kind of weaved through here. That 2017 isn't really remembered much because of what happened in the subsequent years. The Magic hired Stan Van Gundy. They fired their coach, actually, after that 2007 season, which, again, led to maybe some of the turmoil. But they hired Stan Van Gundy. They signed Richard Lewis. And then they won 52 games. The Southeast Division got out of the first round for the first time in 12 years. And the rest was history. 2009 Finals, 2010 Conference Finals. Dwight Howard, an All-NBA player, and again, now a surefire Hall of Famer. The legacy of that 2007 team, and, and even how I'm thinking about thinking about them and, and how I placed them in history, was almost largely determined by what happened next. I can sit here and tell you again, the 2019 Magic were probably, if not the worst team from the Magic that made the playoffs, then among the worst teams. And again, that's probably a negative way of putting it, but the Magic had a very, very good season in 2019, but compared to Magic history, it's probably about the median, if not a little bit below the median, if not one of the teams that barely scratched in to make the playoffs and didn't quite have maybe a superstar player that, that really makes us remember this group. Again, I think I think I do think there is something to it that this group will be remembered as something like Heart and Hustle 2.0 and will always have a special place in Magic history. This always will be a special season. But whether we remember it as that, oh shucks, that was a great year 2010, or whether we remember it as the beginnings of something, it's ultimately about what happens next. And honestly, everything about how we view this 2019 season is about what happens next. In 20 years, we will probably still be talking a little bit about heart and hustle. And honestly, missing the playoffs and, and the circumstances of that team made it more legendary than they actually were. I would, I would agree with that. But the 2019 Magic were something of a culmination of a six-year journey through the wilderness. And now that the Magic have double down on that team. You make the playoffs in 2020, you start a little playoff run, and all of a sudden that 2019 team seems to be like affirmation that, yes, the Magic made the right decisions. The Magic finally figured things out. They got themselves back to respectability, which is, again, I think a lot of, what well, a lot of people will remember the season four and already remember that season four. But if the Magic missed the playoffs again, or the Magic go inconsistent, and are, and are unable to make much noise in the playoffs or make the playoffs in 2020 and, and lose quickly and then don't make it again, then all of a sudden, how we view 2019 changes dramatically. We honestly maybe forget 2019 as much of anything other than just a, a quick trip to the playoffs, a quick trip of consistency or a quick trip of you know, we thought this would work, but it didn't. Ultimately, how we remember the 2019 Orlando Magic and all the players involved, because Nikola Vucevic has a lot of baggage 
And even just suggesting that he's a top 10 player gets some people up in a lather. I don't understand it. He's one of the best players in Magic history. But how we remember this group, how we remember these players, how we remember this team, unfortunately for them, perhaps, comes down to whether they can back it up again in 2020. Whether they can advance their progress in 2020. Because again, for the first time in Magic history, it seems, it's unclear if this team is about to take that next step. For the first time in Magic history, the Magic made their playoff debut, and there is a real question about whether the Magic will make the playoffs again, will get better. One of the big debates that a lot of us had was whether playoff experience really matters. And there were plenty of articles written. Our pals, I think our, our pals at Orlando Pinstripe Post wrote this article. There was the debate about whether teams that make the playoffs after a long playoff drought get back again. And the results were inconclusive. It's certainly a lot easier to get there when you have a superstar player. A player who is clearly about to break the mold. And this Magic team doesn't have that. For the first time in Magic history, a Magic playoff team doesn't have a clear superstar. Doesn't have a clear path forward. Or a clear building block to move on with. To get to contention. Even the Tracy McGrady years, the four years that the Magic had Tracy McGrady when they made, they made the playoffs in three of them, even in those years, they always had Tracy McGrady. That always gave them a chance because he was one of the five best players in the league at the time. This Magic team doesn't have that. They don't have Shaq to fall back on. They don't have Penny to fall back on. They don't have T-Mac to fall back on. They don't have Dwight to fall back on. Unless that guy develops in the next year or next few years, it's always going to be scratching and clawing. A, for respect around the league and among fans, but B, to make the playoffs again. And that admittedly is the risk of what the Magic have done. They haven't gone after that star. It's probably not time yet, and that guy might honestly already be on the roster. I think that's absolutely possibly the case. So how do we view the 2019 Magic then? How will we view the 2019 Magic then? We will always remember it for breaking that playoff streak. In some respects, we will always remember it as Heart and Hustle 2.0, a fun team that re-energized the Magic fan base and proved that this team, this franchise, can win. But will we view it as the foundation of something greater? Will we view it as the beginnings of a run? Or just a blip on the radar? A nice season that didn't really develop into much? Like I said, statistically and as a group, this, is a, this team is about the median in Magic history. This team was a solid team and near the top half of Magic history, 
but probably in the bottom end of even the teams that lost in the first round. Like the 97 team, like the uh, 99 team, like the 2007 team, like the 98 team, perhaps. I'm oh, sorry, the 98 team missed the playoffs. The, the, like, the 20, like the 2012 team or the 2001 team or the T-Mac era teams or the 97. It will never probably reach the heights of even some of those teams that lost in the first round. Unless this team is clearly a team, on, unless this team becomes a team on the rise. And that's ultimately going to change the way we view 2019. You want to close the book on, the, on, on each season, and each season is unique. But memory and the story we tell about the Magic franchise and about the Magic teams, that story, that story is indeed up in the air and is dependent on what happens next. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Himalaya app, Google Play, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. On Orlando Magic Daily, we're in the month of August now, and in August we do our history list. We've done several lists over the last several years. We've ranked all the teams in Magic history. That's partly where I get some of the information for what I discussed on today's show. We've ranked the top 25 players in Magic history. Last year we ranked the 25 most popular players in Magic history, and I'm here today to announce our list on Orlando Magic Daily for this year. This year on Orlando Magic Daily, I'll be making my list. I'll be pulling the Orlando Magic Daily staff. I will be jumping into the subreddit to get their recommendations. We will do a Twitter poll throughout the course of uh, either next week or the week after. I'm still kind of gathering all the information. But today, but, uh, but this year, we will rank the 25 most underappreciated players in Magic history. The 25 most underappreciated players in Magic history. You can define underappreciated however you want. And what I'm looking for today from you, tweet me at Locked On Magic or at Omagic Daily. Tweet me your nominations for the most underappreciated players in Orlando Magic history. Just throw any name out there. I'm just kind of collecting names at the moment to create my list uh, and, and create the, the ultimate list that I'll present to the fans because we'll do another Twitter vote like we did last year. So again, submit your nominations for the 25... You don't have to name 25. Submit your nominations for the most underappreciated players in Orlando Magic history to me at Locked On Magic or at O Magic Daily. I'm looking forward to seeing who you think is underappreciated in Magic history. I've got my list. Um, I've got several names that I'm definitely keying in on. 
got a few names that probably will surprise some of you um, that I do think are underappreciated, but but I'm, I'm interested to know. I want your contributions in this. This is our list as a Magic community, so I'll be trying to get as much information from you guys just to inform the list and try and create the most accurate list as possible. Because I know last year at the most popular player, I got in a little bit of trouble with Hito Turkoglu for, for having him a little bit low. I'm going to be a slave to our system and, and my methodology, but I, I agreed with him that, that he was low on that list. So I want to make sure we get it right here. So again, send me your nominations, most underappreciated players in Magic history at Locked On Magic or at Omagic Daily. But that's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.